Episode 118, Never Run Out of Great Ideas. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Hey, I'm your host, Dale Dixon. You know, The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. He's a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, great to be with you again today. Uh, Dale, it's always great to be with you. Hey, really quick. We have a listener who submitted a question via Twitter, and I'd like to have you answer that question at the end of the podcast. I'm just bringing it up now so that you help me to remember. Okay. Yeah, get it, okay? So, so <laughs> I'll gonna, keep you honest. Okay, cool. So we'll answer the question that we, we received via Twitter at the end of the episode. But, uh, hey, I'm, I've got a question for you for myself first. I'm getting ready to jump on an airplane to go on a trip. And I want to make sure that I get the most out of my time sitting there in that seat with my knees crammed up against the seat in front of me. And, and hopefully that person doesn't lean that seat back. But we want to get the most of our time on these trips. And so I'm curious. I know you spend a lot of time on airplanes. Give me some ideas on how to maximize my time. Uh, be happy to do so. In fact, last year, uh, the tally just came in. Uh, it didn't set a record, but I did fly more than 300,000 miles again last year, which is roughly 6,000 miles a week or almost 1,000 miles a day every day of the year. And I've, I've had a number of pilots tell me that that's actually as much or more than they fly uh, over the course of the year. So I, I spend a lot of time uh, in airplanes. And one of the things I've got going for me is because I fly so frequently and I've got such status with most of the airlines, uh, even when I buy the full fare economy ticket. I'm actually able to get moved up to business class, uh, which is really nice. Good but, for you. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, like, uh, all, all, you know, all good things in life start with a story. And so let me begin with a story. Uh, first of all, I've, I've never been a worker on airplanes. Uh, I get so little me time that time on airplanes is about me oh. and uh, I'm, I'm not a big movie watcher or music listener on uh, airlines and so it's always been a time for me to read and generally when I'm up there in the business class section uh, there'll be generally 12 or 16 seats and I look around and I see every other person buried in their laptop working and I'm going no I've never worked on a book or a speech on an airplane this is all about me so historically I've read but here's the story so uh, you're telling me to change my approach first and foremost yeah okay uh yeah first of all get up to business class <laughs> that too that too. So so let me tell you a story. So uh, back when I was writing and researching my very first book, uh, It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow, I was on a research journey uh, across the uh, United States uh, with several stops. And uh, I was in um, someplace on the East Coast. I, I don't even remember exactly where it was, but I was flying on a nonstop to San Francisco. So it was going to be five or six hours on board the airplane. So I went and bought a book. It was some kind of a biography or something. And uh, all of a sudden, I see this man lumbering toward me, so I know it's my seatmate, and uh, and he's just got his arms just filled with magazines and uh, and newspapers, and almost looked like a pack rat. He had so many of them, and he plopped next to me. I was in the aisle, and he was in the window, and he's got this huge stack of magazines in front of him, and we started chatting. Well, he was with the MIT Idea Lab. 
And I said, you certainly have a mixed bag of uh, magazines there. And he said, well, this is the way I never run out of ideas, and this is the way I see the future. And I said, explain to me. And he said, every time I go to an airport, and he said, I go to airports frequently, I just go into the newspaper and gift shop. And he said, I just walk up and down, and I buy myself 10, 15, or 20 magazines. He said, I don't even care what they are. And then once I'm on the airplane, he said, I sit and I voraciously read all of these magazines. And when I find something that I didn't know before or find something that uh, might have some value to me in the future, I just rip out the page. And when the airplane, uh, when, when the trip is over, I just leave all the magazines on board the airplane. They can throw them away or do whatever they want with them. And I've got a nice little stack of uh, 20 or 25 pages uh, of, of just little great tidbits that I'm going to be able to use in the future. And uh, he was a very engaging kind of an odd duck uh, creature. And we had a wonderful conversation. So uh, I decided to try it. And I, I, I and admittedly do not do this because sometimes I've got a great book. I don't do this on every trip. But I was the reason I wanted to talk about it today is because I did this just last week. Uh, I, I went through uh, the, uh, I think it's Barbara's books, if I'm not mistaken, at the O'Hare Airport. And uh, and what I did is I bought myself uh, 13 or 14 different magazines, including, and uh, I wrote them down uh, because I knew I wanted to talk about it, uh, Field and Stream, I'm Not a Big Outdoorsman, Outdoor Life, Modern Bride, now that can raise a couple of eyebrows when you're on the airplane, I suppose. Uh, Good Housekeeping, The Economist, which I get at home, but I didn't hadn't read it. A Rolling Stone Magazine, The National Enquirer, Men's Fitness, The Rob Report, Luxury Magazine, Crane's Chicago Business, Black Enterprise, and uh, HBR, The Harvard Business Review. So I guess that totals 13 or 14. And I have to tell you, I uh, uh, the flight was four and a half or five hours. I read nonstop. I have never read a magazine ever where there hasn't been one article or something that didn't jump out at me that I wasn't familiar with before. And it's just great fun to rip out pages. Uh, and I've got a highlight marker, and so I won't forget. And I sometimes make a big circle around the story or about the point that I want to remember or is maybe actionable and pull out the page. And then at the end of the airplane ride, uh, you've got, uh, I don't know what I ended up with, maybe 20, 25, or 30 pages that I pulled out of these magazines. And what I wanted to share with you is actually uh, the ideas for two of my eight books uh, have actually come uh, or, or, or been given birth, uh, I should say, uh, by something I had read, uh, reading magazines uh, on airplanes, and the title of one of my books, the actual title, It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow, came from uh, an ad in a magazine uh, that I read while we were researching the book. Uh, so um, I, I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody. One, it's fun. Uh, two, people look at you like, uh, why is why is this guy reading Modern Bride magazine and uh, or the National Enquirer or whatever it is? And, uh, and and so I think what happens is this. So so what it does for me is this. One, I get to see how other people live. Uh, how, how can that not be good? Uh, the second thing is you get to spot um, emerging trends, whether it's an emerging trend in uh, banking, uh, away from branches uh, to totally online uh, in the cloud banking. Uh, so, you, so you spot emerging trends. You get great tips, I mean, for dining and entertaining and, and, and recipes, it really uh, challenges your 
thinking. And more importantly, uh, it identifies things that you want to learn more about. And so if you're a naturally curious or inquisitive person, uh, you get it just jogs you to say, oh, I want to learn more about that or I want to discover more about that. And inevitably, I mean, it leads to someplace good. So uh, that was my big thought for the day because I had just relived that experience last week. And I promise to do it every time. And I don't do it every time, but I do it most times. And uh, I think it's one of the things that's never allowed me to run out of great ideas. Hmm. And the the benefits are huge. And I love the fact that it was a guy from MIT who sat down on this in the seat next to you and actually gave you the idea. Can I share one way that I digitize this? So sure. I'm a voracious reader. I'm a huge Evernote fan. So if you've got a mobile device, Evernote, just an app, and it uh, allows you to take notes, take pictures, and then you have all of that at your disposal on any device you have. So I'm a big fan of Evernote. And when I'm reading magazines, especially on an airplane like that, when I find an article I want, rather than rip the page out, I pull out my phone, snap a picture, and just grab that article, turns it into a PDF. It's actually searchable, I think, with the uh, with the premium version of Evernote. And then yes. I've got everything indexed in online, and I can go to it. And so I've got an idea file that I just regularly am in where I'm constantly collecting information just like you described. So I'm a big proponent of, of what See, you're talking about. See, that's why I need you, Dale. I need you, Dale, because I'd be nothing without you. <laughs> See, uh, and, and this is rather interesting because you have to remember, I'm, uh, I'm pretty proficient with all things IT now at this point in my life, but I am a digital orphan. I do have Evernote uh, as, as an app on my phone, and I just I really haven't used it that way. So why don't you take a moment and explain one more time to those who are maybe on the wrong side of the digital divide, uh, what you do. And now you've challenged me the next time, forget my highlight marker, forget ripping pages. I've got to get with the program. So explain mm. to, to, to those who might be uh, uh, on, on the wrong side of the digital divide, how it works. So the first thing you need is, is an account with Evernote. If, if you're completely, completely unfamiliar, you can just go to the website to begin with, but you'll download the app and it's very intuitive once you get into it. So I have a, no- a notebook within Evernote uh, called Ideas. And what I'll do is while I'm reading those magazines, when I find the article that I'm really interested in, I'll pull my phone out or my iPad, anything with a camera on it, and I will just frame up the article in my camera and snap a picture of it. Evernote converts that to a PDF. We're all familiar with PDFs and stores it within the app. And then it's synced across all my devices. So I can go to my iPad, pull it up. I can go to a computer, pull it up. And I have I have that idea right there. And I can add text notes to it. I can literally type notes in uh, along with the article that I digitally clipped and put into Evernote. And if you don't have Evernote and you just want to snap a picture of it with your phone, you can snap a picture of the article and keep it in your photo album on your phone as well. But the idea is is that you're digitally capturing it, so you're you know shuffling through paper. Beautiful thing with Evernote is the PDF aspect lets you search it later on. You can add keywords, reminders, so that you can go back and find these ideas quickly. Because I, I don't know about you, but I've got I still have stuff that I can't throw away, bookshelves upon bookshelves right. of books, and I keep thinking, okay, I, I, I saw something somewhere. I've got to go look for it. With Evernote, man, I can just go in, type a few keywords into the search box, and it pulls it up. 
and it makes it really slick for going back and finding those great ideas. And I'm sure uh, that the fellow from the MIT Idea Lab who first gave me this idea back when I was researching my first book, Evernote was not around at that time, uh, but I'm sure he's on Evernote, and I'm sure that's how he does it now. And so now, uh, you know, you've given me something brand new, and so the next trip I'm taking, I've got one next week, I'm going to scoop up my 10, 12, 14, 15 magazines, and uh, and I'll use Evernote, and we'll get it done that way. I, I think I think this has been very helpful for people today. So Absolutely. That, that's, that's my big idea today. I love it. It and a great idea. And it sounds, do you find it relaxing? Or is because I started the conversation out saying I wanted to get the most out of my time on the airplane, um, but you, you use it as personal me time and it's relaxing for you. Ah, uh, listen, uh, and it's, it's, uh, I love airplanes. I, I love airplanes. People say, how in the world could you have flown almost 10 million miles doing 60 to 80 speeches a year and all of this research over many years? And I'm still like a little kid. I mean, I complain about travel. I complain about bad customer service. But I have to tell you, if I go for more than about a week or so without walking down a jetway and getting slapped in the side of my face with the smell of jet fuel, I'm actually suffering withdrawals. And uh, no, that it is me time. And what could be more? More fun, I mean, than uh, and more enjoyable uh, and more rewarding than, than jumping through these 10, 12, or 14 magazines and learning all kinds of new stuff and inspiring all kinds of new ideas. For me, that's about as good as it gets. Fantastic. Okay, so let's dive into the question that we have from Twitter. So, uh, Dr. Gary A. DePaul, PhD, uh, wrote Making it as an entrepreneur is like successfully navigating a maze. What navigational advice do you have? Hashtag ask Jason Jennings. Wow. Um, well, for me, um, I, I, I would ask us to hover above the maze uh, for a moment. And everybody knows what a, a maze is. One day I'll tell you the story of how I got lost in a corn maze and was screaming like a 13-year-old girl to get me out of there. Um, so I, I, I don't like mazes. Uh, but I, I agree uh, with doc, with a Dr. DePaul. And, uh, it, and being a successful entrepreneur is like uh, doing business in a maze. You, you're constantly coming to these dead ends and uh, you're taking turns and the turns don't work out. And then you take another turn and now you're stuck again. So I, I, I think the first thing you have to do, and I, I haven't had any time to think about this, is I, I, I think you have to identify what a lot of those mazes are. And if you take a look, and I don't want to sound self-serving here, but if you take a look at the 118 podcasts that we have done, uh, I, I think in many respects, these 118 podcasts teach people how, how to deal with uh, becoming an entre- uh, a successful entrepreneur and doing business in a maze. So what, what it really comes down to uh, in business is uh, it comes down to your idea, um, <clears throat> turning that idea uh, into a purpose that will become a rallying cry, uh, a destination for others to join you, uh, and then it's sufficient capital to be able to bring that to life. Surrounding yourself with a team of people, uh, it is finding customers, uh, it's fulfilling your promise, whether you're in the service business or a product business. And so I, I, I think, based on all of my research into all of these companies, and this is going to be a simplistic uh, answer to a very, very thoughtful 
question is I think what's going to serve you the best, and we've talked about this repeatedly, Dale, is if your organization, whether it's small, uh, a few people, uh, or whether it's uh, large, I, I think you begin with having a set of guiding principles by by which you're going to make every decision. And anybody can go back and they can identify the three or four podcasts where we've talked about guiding principles. When you have these five or six or seven guiding principles, uh, you're not going to have to think everything to death. You're not going to have to reinvent the wheel every time you're forced to make a decision. Uh, I always cite the story of when I was uh, studying the Schwab organization. They just... uh, they didn't have meetings. Uh, two or three people would get together in the hallway. They'd talk about an initiative. They'd talk about whether they should hire someone, whether they should do something, whether they should buy something, uh, whether they should offer a new service. And, I mean, they several people would gather in a hallway or gather in a conference room, very often standing up, and say, uh, you know, it sounds good, but, I mean, does it fit with our principles? Well, one of their principles at the time was they would own the technology. And they said, well, if we don't own the technology, no, we're not going to do it. Um, and, and, and so I think a starting point, because being successful in business is like being in a maze, uh, I, I think it all begins with a, a set of guiding principles. I talked to a, a guy yesterday, and it turns out, uh, so I have to quickly tell you the story, and this is related to the question. And uh, so the other night, uh, I was lying in bed, and all of a sudden, this man's name popped into my head, and I remember that I had interviewed him seven years ago, getting ready for a speech that I was going to be doing, and uh, his name was Brian Gale, and he was out in Cleveland, Ohio, and he owned um, uh, a printing company that manufactures uh, labels and lots of labels. And I had had a, an enjoyable conversation with him seven years ago, and all of a sudden his name popped into my head, and so yesterday I took the time to call him. And I mean, it was delightful to find out where he has grown his business. He has doubled the size of his business. He's got eight locations, uh, seven back in the Midwest, in the Ohio area, and then just bought another one in California. And and we talked about the same thing yesterday. I said, what are the challenges that you face? And he said, you know, in many respects, he said, the challenges that I faced today were the same that I faced seven years ago. I will never make the mistake again of hiring a body just to have a body. Uh, We will only hire somebody, I mean, who is an absolute fit for our culture and and has the talents and abilities to fit in. Because he'd had a problem, I mean, hiring some people, I mean, who who didn't bring much to the party. And and so that's one of the things, one of the things in the maze uh, that Dr. DePaul brings up is is people. So um, I think you begin with a good set of guiding principles. And I think maybe Dr. DePaul's question is good enough that we uh, should uh, schedule uh, an entire upcoming podcast to navigating the maze. Mm. How does that sound? That sounds like a fantastic idea. Now, I I would love to be able to condense into 140 characters a concise answer for, for Dr. DePaul, but I love where you started with this and the fact that he included an image of a maze, but the image is taken from or manufactured looking from on high down on the maze. So from that perspective, it's pretty clear which turns to make and how to get where you're going. And based on what you just said, here's, here's how I would condense it down. Know your purpose, know your principles, put those in the center of the maze. That's where you've got to get with your business and then get a different, better perspective to get there. Can you respond to Dr. DePaul in 140 characters for me? I don't think I can. That was my well, best attempt right there. 
So that was a little more than 140 characters, but I like the idea of devoting an entire podcast to it. So that's coming up. You just heard Jason promise that. I know you're going on a cruise with the entire family. Uh, Have a great one, my friend. We will, and I'll enjoy the time on the airplane. Hey, this, Jason, thanks again for your time. Uh, You mentioned the book, It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow. If you haven't had a chance to read that, go out and grab that book. This is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Find out how you can arrange to have Jason and keynote your next event or leadership conference. Learn about his fees and availability. Check out the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button. Follow those instructions to make contact. And this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Have fun reading on that next flight. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.